0: Lord, release living understanding and truth tonight that we would never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I do not have notes for you on purpose to give me the liberty to be able to go whichever way the Holy Ghost might drive me tonight. Just got my sail up, ready for the wind of God. He's been moving me all afternoon in a special direction. I want to talk to you about some of the perils, some of the challenges that are facing us at these at this time, not necessarily specifically about the perils, but how to navigate or how to keep your say, yourself from the onslaught that has taken place. Now you are probably aware that there has been a tremendous onslaught against the church in recent years, uh, even here in the valley. there has been unexplained deaths of pastors there has been Um, works that have been, churches that have been really destroyed by the enemy. And I want to preach to you about that. I want to preach to you about how to keep a hedge about your family and how to keep a hedge about your life. Hedges. Hedges are throughout Scripture. I have a number of illustrations that I'll use tonight. And I'll never forget, I was living in a place called Kula. My wife and I were married, and uh, we were under the uh, burden of, of the Lord to reach a community. We were very intensely involved in ministry and have been ever since we got saved, really. Sanctified. And my wife and I got in a fight. Now, I know probably if you're married, you've never gotten a fight with your wife. But, but um, we, we've gotten in a few spats. I'm not talking a brawl, that kind of thing. But I mean an argument, a sharp argument. And, um, and so I was on the couch. It's just not a place that I enjoy all that much at all, ever. And, and, uh, and I think this is uh, the only time that... Oh, no, there's one other. <laughs> well, I'm on the couch, okay? We got in this argument, and I'm, I am, I'm not going to repent to her. She's wrong. So how many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, in my mind, she's wrong. I love what one preacher said. If you're willing to stand before the judgment seat of Christ for being right on that particular thing, go right ahead. Uh, that, that's always a bad idea. Going, hum, you know, going low is, is a good idea. Go low, humble yourself. You, you, know, you, can't, you can't lose out that way. And so I'm lying on the couch and I had a supernatural experience of the walls of protection around my house beginning to lift. I mean, it was like all four corners of my house were like a garage door. They would just lift up and they began to lift. And as they were lifting, I began to hear the sound of a demonic horde that was going to come rushing in on my, my wife and my little baby at that time. And I knew exactly what was happening because the Lord was trying to talk to me to tell me, you need to repent. You were a jerk, repent. And I'm just thinking, no, I'm right. She needs to repent this time. I'm always repenting. She needs to do it this time. You know men you know we're 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 kind of funny, you know what I'm talking about, so I was very motivated when I saw the four walls of my house lifting like a garage door and this the sound of hell. I don't know if you've ever heard that sound before um used to live with them, so I'm really familiar with what it sounds like and I got up from the couch, quickly ran into my wife and said, please forgive me. And I don't know if you remember that, sweetheart, but it was like, boom, protection came back over my house. A vision a prophet had a number of years ago was this lion prowling around uh, a pastor and his family, his children, but the lion couldn't get in because there was this wall of thorns, there was this hedge of protection that it was round about this, this pastor and his family, and the lion kept going around just wicked, evil. And, and all of a sudden, the lion jumped over the hedge, grabbed one of the children by the thigh, and jumped back over the hedge and disappeared into darkness. And in the vision, the, the, this prophet said, Lord, I'm going to pray for that lion. And the Lord said, no, you don't pray for the lion. You pray for a strengthening of the hedge. Hedges. One of the most profound pictures of a hedge that's broken down comes out of 2 Samuel, and you can turn there if you like. 2 Samuel chapter 11. There are many pictures of hedges in, in the scriptures. In Matthew 21, let me give you a definition, a hedge to enclose or separate, a hedge to fence in or a thickly set line or a thicket of shrubs or small trees, a hedge of a field or a garden. But there's a hedge of protection that God gives his people. Matthew 21, Here, another parable, there is a man who was a master of a household and who planted a vineyard and he set a hedge about it. The picture is that he had this vineyard and he builds a wall that's around it. Mark 12 talks about a hedge also going around a vineyard. and In Job chapter 1 and verse 10, Satan says to the Lord, haven't you made a hedge around him talking of Job? Haven't you made a hedge around him and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and the substance of increased his land. Psalm 62, verse 3, talks about a hedge and a wall that's broken down. Proverbs 15, verse 19 the way of the slothful man is a, is a hedge of thorns. Now, that's a different picture. But how many of you know a slothful man is not going to get through a hedge of thorns? Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 8. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whosoever breaks a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. The picture of that is when a hedge is broken, a serpent can come and bite him. Now here's the problem. I'm going to stop right there for a second. The problem is, is that many of you... Here tonight, online. You have broken hedges, but you haven't been bit yet, so you don't think it's a big deal. Well, praise the Lord. Could it be that you have a broken hedge, but you haven't been bitten yet, and so then in your mind you say, well, I'm doing pretty good because there's no trouble here. But it's the grace of God that's covered you and protected you. (laughs) How many of you are thankful for the grace of God? It's the mercy of God that's covered us and protected us. Some people take that as an excuse for continue to, continuing to move on in, in the ways of disobedience and to the word of God and prayer. Some more scriptures for you note-takers. Isaiah 5 and verse 5 and Isaiah 17 and verse 11. Come on, man. Ezekiel 13, verse 5. He have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. Again, in Ezekiel, a favorite scripture of ours, verse, chapter 22 and verse 30. I sought for a man among them who would make up a hedge, who'd stand in the gap before me. Are you hedged in as a man of God, as a woman of God? Is your family protected? So many people say, "Well, I, you know, I'm I'm a life group leader, I go to a small group or I go to church, so it's all good." I've got news for you. Uh, that's not always the case. I mean, I'm glad you do. I hope you do. I hope you're in a small group. I hope you're involved in, in some ministry or serving in some capacity. All Christians should serve in some capacity somewhere and you ought to have a home church and you ought to be praying and all of that. But there's more to having a hedge of protection. You, you see, the problem with hedges, really, they're, they're can, they can come from prayer and they can come from intercession. But the challenge I've found with hedges is they need to be grown. You need to grow a hedge. That's very different than praying a hedge. Oh, we need to pray a hedge. How many of you know we need to pray for each other? Amen. I hope you're praying for me. All right, if you're not, you can start tonight. Amen. You pray for me, my family. Amen. I'm praying for you every day. You know, we've got these bushes that are right outside the windows right here. They are most lame bushes ever. I, I think about ripping them out every spring. Maybe we'll do it this year. And if you'll notice, there's a, there's a big hedge next to where the water comes down, and then it gets smaller as you go down the line. Does anybody know the hedges that I'm talking about? They're lame, except for the first one's nice. The reason the first one is nice is it gets some nutrients that the other ones don't get. You see, you need to grow a hedge. There's certain things, there's certain seeds you need to sow. There's certain things you need to plant. There's certain things you need to do that if you don't do them, you will not have a hedge of protection round about you. And you need to, especially in this day and hour. Can somebody say amen in the house of the Lord? Success in warfare, apart from the grace of God, comes down to obeying his word and his precepts and his principles. And I've seen people, and I've even said my own self, you know, the devil can't touch me. And, and I, I say that tonight, the devil can't touch me, but it's not, without, it's not without knowledge, it's not without wisdom. I know why he can't, in Jesus' name. How do we live in such a way? Let me give you this question. How do you live in such a way that you were hedged about by the Lord? Ask yourself that question. How do I live? Come on. If there is a roaring lion, the Bible clearly tells us that the devil is like a roaring lion and seeking whom he may devour. He's prowling around. You ever have heard of a prowler. The devil's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Does, has anybody ever seen a lion devour anything? It is one of the most gruesome, violent acts you could ever see. And the Bible uses a lion for the devil on purpose because he's playing to keep. He hates you. He hates God. He'll do whatever he can, but he, he's kept out by a hedge if, in fact, you grow one and have one. And I know many that don't or their hedge is broken down. Dr. Morocco uh, recently shared the story. He has, he has sheep had sheep in the back of his uh, property and it was all fenced in and uh, there's dogs that run around but they can't get in because of the fence. Well over a long weekend of ministry a tree fell on the fence and broke that section of the fence down and the dogs came in ran the sheep down and killed every single one Every one of them, these dogs. That is a picture of what happens when a hedge is broken. Second Samuel chapter 11. You all there? This is a story and probably one of the most powerful examples of how hedges are broken. And I want to move through basically four hedges that are broken down. You see, my wife and I, and not to be morbid, but it's just true, and I, I like the way it sounds, it's sort of a play on words, but it has great power, and that's the way I look at it. We do autopsies on people, meaning when somebody crashes or burns or something blows up, we, lo- we want to help them. I don't mean cut them open, but I mean let's, let's die, let's go ahead and diagnose exactly why your life was wiped out. Let's take a look at why that is. Let's, let's see where that seed was. When did that start happening? And I will tell you that m- most of the time, it's not something that just happened one day. It's many years of neglect, many years of not taking care of the hedge, many years of things that begin to set up, not dealing with things. David, in this text that we're about to look at, David, I think he had lust issues that he just didn't deal with. But there's so much more than that. There really is so much more. The first hedge is broken down. The four hedges that you see here. Look at 2 Samuel 11, verse 1. It happened at the springtime of that year, at the time when kings go out to war or to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Reba and but David remained at Jerusalem. The first hedge that's broken down is he was not walking in the purposes of God. He was not where he was supposed to be. He was not supposed to be in Jerusalem cruising. It's interesting that, and for pastors, I'll say this because I know we have some that, that, that follow online and that are part of our podcast, or for leaders. When you begin to send somebody to do the very thing that God sent you for, and you begin, look, you can employ people to pray for you. You can employ people to do the visitation for you. You can employ people to do the stuff that God's called you to do. And when you begin to send somebody instead of do it yourself, you're headed for trouble. And so David, he sends these, he sends these men out. There is a hedge of protection that comes when you walk in God's purpose. When you walk in God's power, when you walk in God's fire, when you're doing the very thing that God called you to do, it brings protection, very simply, simply put. And when you stop doing that, or you begin to back off from forcefully advancing the kingdom, it begins to bring a thinning of the hedge. If David would have been where he was supposed to be, he never would have committed adultery. And if we read on, if you don't know the text, he ends up committing adultery. He's a man after God's own heart. He ends up committing adultery and murder. And it forever altered his family. A curse comes down and Nathan the prophet, fearless Nathan, can you imagine coming to the king and saying, thou art the man. What a powerful moment in scripture. Could have just taken his head off, but David... With a heart after God, still with a heart after God, he repented. There's a hedge that's broken when you stop doing the very thing that God called you to. There's places that you need to be. I've had had folks that have said, well, I just can't make it to church. I, 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 I I, I can't understand that for the life of me. I really, I really can't. I, I just, you know, I smile, you know, and go, well, you know, hope that, you know, works out for you. I'm all for working, but if you have a job that takes you away from fellowship, you, you might want to get a change in that. It's, well, I make a lot of money. Well, you're breaking a hedge. Here, here's what I did uh, in, in looking for work. I got saved and I realized I needed to be in church on Sunday and I needed to be in church on Wednesday. And I just told them flat out, I would apply and, and I would apply for jobs and say, flat out, I can work. I cannot work on Sunday morning and I cannot work on, on Wednesday night. And they would say, well, actually, those are exactly the hours. Now, that was God's indication to me that that wasn't my job. That was like a sign for the Lord saying, well, this is not your job. That's how I did it. And I'll tell you what happened. I remember getting hired and they said, well, can you work Sunday? I said, no. They said, well, that's not going to work for us. I said, well, it's not going to work for me to work Sunday. I said, I will tell you. And I would bold, bold. I'm sure they took it as arrogance. I said, I will tell you that I'll be the best employee I can be. I'll always be on time. I'll work as hard as I possibly can. And the reason is because I love God and I cannot be here on Sunday night, on Sunday." I said, they said, occasionally, can you? I said, occasionally, if it's an emergency or something. I took that job, and God elevated me in that job. I ended up being one of the managers and making tons of money and all kinds of stuff like that. God blessed me. You have to be, look, here. you have to be in the purposes of God. you got to be reading the Bible. you got to read the Bible. you got to read the Word. you got to, You got to spend time in prayer. you got to spend time in fellowship. This is, these are not options for the believer. This is something you do, and as you do it, as you move forward in what God called you to do, oh, it can be a little scary. It can be a little scary moving forward in the the purposes of God. You don't know. You don't know what's next. You don't know how to make it. Get out of the boat. There's water. Come, Peter. You know, that first step must have been pretty freaky. Can you imagine the guys who were watching it? Peter, don't do it! Oh, but he's the only other guy that walked on water besides the Lord that we know of. In scripture anyway. David was not where he needed to be. Number one, if you're taking notes, how do we build a hedge? The first thing is stay in the purposes of God. Be where you're supposed to be. Do what you're supposed to do. Live the way you're supposed to live. David stayed home. When the kings are supposed to go, he didn't go. The second hedge that we, that we need to build, and you see it broken down here in the life of David, who this great king, even in the lineage of Jesus, commits adultery and murder, is the hedge of people, is the hedge of the people of God that he sets in your life. God will give you people. And he sets them in your life. Let's look at David. He sent Joab. He sent Joab. He sent Abishai. He sent his mighty men. So the mighty men aren't back. I'm going to tell you something. Abishai or, 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 or Joab, if Joab was by the door, he'd have stopped David from, from taking another man's wife. He'd have said, what? Have you bumped your head? They were, they were deep, they were friends. I don't know why they didn't harass him for staying back. But God will give you people. He will, give, he will set people in your life. There's got to be someone, that, as I say, that holds your shut-up card. Right. Somebody has to be in your life that has your sit-down-and-shut-up card. You know what I mean by that? In other words, when you're just like, I'm just going to go do this, and I'm going to move, and I'm going to go do and they go sit down, and they know you well enough. They're not afraid of hurting your feelings to tell you the truth. Now, we need to speak the truth in love. I've had to do some practice with that. Anybody else have? To? Some of you still practicing. You know, you can speak the truth and just totally hurt somebody. You can speak the truth and love, right? I'm, I'm the number one sit-down-and-shut-up card holder in my life is right here. Amen. Amen. She's pulled the card recently. <laughs> and I'm her number one sit-down-and-shut-up card. You know, you has to be somebody, and I know shut-up is a little coarse, but there has to be somebody that says, That's not God. I know you. This is a bad plan. Somebody that's not afraid of hurting your feelings. I'm not talking somebody that tries to control you, to manipulate you, to get something from you. I'm talking about somebody who's after God's plan and knows who you are. Somebody that you love and trust and maybe they're more mature in God than you. Maybe not, but they're willing to speak the truth. Kisses from a friend are better, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. Don't, you know? You need to have somebody who's not just going to be a yes man. I don't. I don't have a, My staff around me. They're not yes. They're not yes men and women. In other words, there, there's a yes in their spirit. But the point is, if we're moving forward in something and they have a check or there's something that's concerning, it's not me. My way, the highway, and I run them over and we just do it. No. God speaks to my staff. God speaks to us. In the end, in the end, I'm standing before God and I have to make the final decision. But you have to. You have to have people like that. Do you know some people just cut people like that out of their life? Oh, they don't like what I'm doing. I just talk to the hen. And then they walk right off a cliff. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. My kids, my kids have rebuked me under an anointing. That's a humbling experience when your kid rebukes you. I remember racing to church in Kauai. I had this guy in front of me. I was, I was going to be late. This particular light in Kalaheo was one of those notorious long, long lights. I could make the light, but I'd have to stomp on it and get in. I could get, If you get your front wheels, I probably shouldn't teach you this, but... If your front wheels cross into the intersection while it's yellow, you're still good. Okay, so, unless, of course, the police officer sees it differently. So there's this guy that's going so slow, and I know the timing of the light, and it's going to turn yellow. And it's about to turn yellow. It turns yellow. I drop gear in my forerunner, pass this guy, blast through the light. And as I'm blasting through, I see a police officer. <laughs> and he hits his lights and comes right after me, pulls me over. I'm over. I've got both kids in the car. Pastor Karen was going to come down later. And I'm like, oh. And people are driving by on the way to church, and they see their pastor all up on the side. we're like, dude, dude, what's up, pastor? (laughs) Yeah, awesome, right? I'm like, great, great. And I'm going to get a ticket. I was like, oh. And Hannah says, Dad? I said, yeah. She said, are you getting a spanking right now? I said, yes. Were you disobedient? I was like, yes, I was disobedient. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then she says, does it hurt? I say, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt. And then there's a, you know, my window's already down, but I mean, there's the guy. What are you doing? I said, well, oh, I'm in a rush because I'm on a Shondi down the street with a little shoeboat. You know what I'm talking about? No, you know ticket. Back to the message. You got to have people in your life that'll speak truth to you. And David flat out removed them all. He sent them away. So you're not only, he was not only in the, not in the purposes of God, which that first verse says, but it says he sent Joab and the mighty men. So all the people that protected him, all the ones that would speak truth to him, they're not there. And so he could send somebody to go get this pretty woman off the porch that he ended up staring at. And I personally believe if, if you study Bathsheba, he probably knew her for a long time. And... It could be that he was gazing upon her for a long time, something that he didn't really uh, snuff out. You know, he allowed that, that lust, that, that desire, that little seed of darkness to stay in his heart. See, some of, you, some of you are playing with things you should never play with. And you say, well, it's not that big a deal. You know, the, you know I found the enemy is, is um, he'll wait, he's patient. And he'll wait to the perfect time to blow you up so that he causes the most damage and the most collateral damage. If he blew you up when you weren't really over anything or responsible for anything, or, you know, it'd be sad and bad. But if he blew you up when you're really making an impact and changing lives maybe, or, you know what I'm saying? He knows how to to waste a life. But it's your job to search out your heart with the help of the Holy Spirit and the word of God and get those seeds out. Yeah. I walk with a group of men and women that are transparent and open. And I am so blessed to have that in my life. A couple hundred years of ministry experience come all combined. And I'm so blessed To have people, my, my pastor, Dr. Morocco, he's my pastor, speaks to me, knows me, knows me inside out, watched me, came in, knows my weaknesses, knows my strengths. So thankful for that. And to others, people that I've made myself accountable to. Let me ask you, as we're talking about growing hedges, are you in the purpose of God? Are you in the will of God? Are you moving forward in his plan for your life? Are you where you need to be, weekly, daily? Number two, do you have people that will speak truth to you, that'll tell you, sit down, stop it. Do you have that? If you don't, you better develop it. You better grow it. You gotta grow a hedge. The third hedge, I, I really never noticed this until today. Verse 11. Watch this. This is awesome to me. Verse 11, and Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents. The the ark, the ark of the covenant went to war. So David, who could not even sleep in the palace if he wasn't in the presence of David, who wrote the Psalms, many of them. David, who who said, a day in your courts is like a thousand than everywhere else. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. He said things like, one thing do I desire, that will I seek after, to behold the beauty of the Lord. David, we're talking about David. David sent the ark that represents the presence of God, the power of God, the promises of God, covenant with God. He sent the ark out to war, and he's at home. Do you find that odd? I find that very strange. Something broke in David. A series of compromise. He, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He sends the people who would slap him down if they were standing next to the door. They never would have let him go get the other man's wife. His, come on, he just would they wouldn't have. He sent them away. There's nobody there. No one with the shut-up card. And he sends a, the ark is there. So he's not even worshiping in the shadow of the Almighty. Under your wings I will find refuge, he said in the Psalms. He's not, even, he's not even able to do that because the ark is gone. You see the picture of finding in the shadow of your wings. Do you know what that, can you see any shadows up here? Can anybody see some shadows? You know what that is? That's a picture of being so close to the ark that the wings of the cherubim are, are making a shadow on him. That's, that's one picture that I've heard described. The ark is not even with David. The third hedge is you have to be in the presence of the Lord. You have to be in prayer. It's a picture of prayer. It's a picture of his presence. It's a picture of worship. If your worship and your prayer and the time in his presence begins to, to, to wane and you begin to lose your hunger for God, what happened to his hunger? The great King David, what happened? Nefesh is a word for soul. It also means thirst. Did you know that you are thirsty? You are created by God to thirst. And either either you'll stuff yourself with Twinkies or you can get satisfied by his presence, but it's up to you. I will pursue you. I will pursue your presence. How's your pursuit of His presence doing? How's your time in worship? Oh, I'm not talking about church. Anybody can lift their hands, listen to our anointed worship leader tonight. I mean, anybody can worship in that. I'm talking about in your car, talking about in your kitchen. You make your kitchen a cathedral. I'm not trying to get you over into condemnation. I'm just saying that there's a mean, ugly, prowling around like a roaring lion devil who wants to jump over the hedge and snatch one of your kids, snatch your wife, or snatch your husband. And there's a protection that comes from the Lord that is grown. you got to do what God called you to do. you got to be where God called you to be. You have to have people around you. Develop relationships. Not long ago, I had somebody say, well, I don't really know anybody in the church. Holy cow, you better get over that. I'm, I, that's hard for me. I know. I understand. Because people hurt people. But you've got, you've got to try. And you, it's good to have boundaries, you know. And, and you look for safe, healthy people. Yeah. Hey, have a class on it. Safe people. I mean, I, I've known people that have come off of drugs and then they end up, Yeah, well, I'm just hanging out with my friend. Yeah, he, I, you know, I think God's working on him. He smokes dope and does drugs still. But I'm like, what? Why, why, would, you, why would you do that? Hello? Ch- Hello? Change your friends. Yeah. Hello, Bill. They, they, they're not helping you. Look, if they're not serving God, if they're, you can reach out and you can relate to them. You know, if you're able to. I mean, there was a time when I just had to run from anybody that did anything weird. Because I just couldn't handle it. Now? God tells me to go into a bar and clear it out and preach the gospel. What a party. Would Pastor Vince would be coming with me. Amen. Because I ain't going by myself. Shock, shock. Right? Two by two. Still does it. Sent the animals to Noah's Ark two by two. Sends his people out two by two. I've had people say, God's calling me to go back to my home all by myself. And they're all a bunch of crack addicts. And I'm going to ask, that's not God. Let me see. You were smoking crack six months ago and you're going to go home and minister to the crackheads. No. It doesn't sound like wisdom to me. Come on, somebody say, don't do it. There's a hedge of prayer that comes by doing the will of God. A hedge of prayer by having, uh, pardon me, a hedge of protection that comes by being in the purposes of fire and the grace of God by advancing his kingdom. There's a hedge of protection that is grown by having people around you that will speak truth to you, no matter how you feel about what them saying the truth is. And you cultivate those. I like people like that. Now, I choose them. So don't try to put yourself in that position for me, okay? I choose people that are tested character and serving God a long time, like longer than me. People that know me closely. And, and thirdly, a hedge of, of protection that is grown through a prayer covering of worship and intercession. That's the picture of the ark. David sends the ark out. Big mistake. Are you spending time in his presence? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you cultivating his presence in your car? I I say, this is my personal personal conviction. So it's just my personal. Everybody say it's pastor's personal conviction. You can't fill yourself with secular music all week long and then expect the power and the fire to come when you just show up on Sunday. If you cultivate his presence in your car and in your house... When you listen to, some of you did listen to 50 Cent or, you know, Little Bob or whatever that knucklehead's name is, you know. You didn't expect you to feel the fire and the power of God when you filled yourself with defilement. All I mean, come on. You know, and I have a thing about video games too. It's my opinion. Everybody say it's pastor's opinion. Although there is a report that's come out from Johns Hopkins University. If kids are constantly killing things over video, they're calm, they've desensitized themselves. Fresh report, just out. Shock, shock. Bible says you, you become what you behold. So if you're constantly looking at people shooting each other, yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> are, we, are we so amazed? You get rid of the guns, you don't think we're going to have any more problems? It's like, you know, I I need to control my eating. I've I've sort of gotten on, I'm training hard, but I'm just eating whatever I want. So I want to lose some weight. So do I get rid of the spoon? The fork? No, I have an internal thing I have to deal with. It's called (laughs) self-discipline. Well, this is encouraging. You guys getting encouraged tonight. All right, praise God. Come on, somebody say, Lord. Lord help Lord, me to build a hedge. Help me build a hedge. The, th- the fourth thing is personal holiness. Yes. Yes. Personal holiness. We preached on Sunday night. He has, uh, I, th- I think we can't touch this is what I called it. Can't. Yes. Do you want to do the dance for us? No? Okay. <laughs> Jesus said that Satan is coming, the God of this age, and he has no hold on me. Wow. He has no Why? Because Jesus had no sin. And so we talked about whether Satan can have a hold on you. Can Satan have a hold on you? Does he have a foothold? Does he have a, a handhold in your life? You see, David, I don't think he did. De- well, he didn't. He didn't deal with certain issues, and he ended up faltering. But I have learned that when I'm walking in the purse of God, when I'm relating to people, that he's placed in my life, and if I'm in prayer and worship, personal holiness, did you catch that? If, if I'm doing what God called me to do, I'm relating to people, being accountable, being transparent and broken before God and before others, and, I've got my, and I'm worshiping God, I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing his presence, I'm living for him, I will tell you right now, personal holiness is like a byproduct of that. I mean, it's just not that hard. It's, not, it's like I don't face the kind of temptation that when those things are, when I don't have my, when my prayer life is not up or my worship's not up, you know what I'm saying? Then more temptation comes easier. But when you're, when you're pursuing God, when you're living for, the, for that which he's called you to to, to, to fulfill the mandate that's upon your life and you've got people that are, you're rightly relating to, people that are praying for you and, and talking to you and someone who has your shut up or your sit down or your zip your lip card, and you're in prayer, and you're in worship, personal holiness is like, bam! It just sort of, it just, it's easy. Why why would I trade his presence for the turd? You know what I'm saying? Why would I do that? (laughs) Some of you just cringed. (laughs) I mean, all the rest of that stuff is like a pile. Can I say that, is that nicer? (laughs) <laughs> okay I lost I like lost everybody's like oh yeah well some of you are making your sandwiches with that stop stop it personal holiness there's area there are areas in your life that you're not dealing with are there areas in your life? Look, we're living in an hour where the enemy is mauling people. He's mauling people. I'm not going to get mauled. I refuse to go back to the hole that, I got, that God delivered me out of. And I'm not going to get mauled. And the reason I'm not going to get mauled is not because I'm smart or anything I just know that there's certain, I, God, somehow God's, I, by the grace of God, he's, he's showed me how to build a hedge. And, that it's, and then he's the one that keeps us, which is like, I mean, it's all a gift from him. I mean, who could take credit for any of it? But I just thought I'd teach you a little bit tonight. How's your hedge? If God told you to do something, you better do it. See, what is hard? Oh, there comes a quickness when you begin to do the will of God. There comes a sharpness that comes by doing it. David didn't. He should have gone to war. He didn't. David got rid of the friends, got rid of his, his, his mighty men. Who's the mighty men? Who's the mighty women in your life? Who are they? Now, Some of you have been so hurt, and I understand it. Some of you have been so hurt that you don't have that kind of relationship with People. I was reading on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, we're reading the same thing. <laughs> I was reading on Facebook, uh, there was a believer that was, was giving praise to somebody who was, who was their role model. Well, their role model is not a very good one. I suggest that you pick role models that re- live for God with all their heart. And I'm not, I'm not bashing the person that's, that's not doing so well. Obviously, they're either ignorant or haven't experienced the kind of pain that caused them to want to live for God all the way yet, but it'll come. You know, pain's a great teacher. Pain or information will cause you to begin to change to live all the way for God. I don't want any more pain. I, 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 don't, I don't like it in my own life, and worse than that, I hate hurting God. I just, and, and, and God help me, I still do. You know, not purposely. I get the sin of irritation. Or... Are, you, are you getting something when you come? Have people in your life. Have, develop them. There, There is some great people of God here. You say, well, there's hypocrites here too. No kidding. Where else should they go? A hypocrite should come to church so they can hear a nice convicting message so they can repent and change. Amen. Amen. People, people, people. Yeah. And yet God has entrusted us the most important message of all of mankind, the gospel, the good news. People will, people will fail you, but God never will. I've watched, I've watched over the years just landslide devastation of families. Wives committing adultery, destroying families. Husbands committing adultery, destroying families. You know, major men of God, women of God. You would never think, how could they, how could they do that? It's simple. If you do the autopsy, you look and you see hedges have been broken all along the way. Don't compromise. Build rightly. Build right. I tell single people that before you before you start to court and possibly end up then engaged and married with somebody. You watch just exactly what I say. You watch the wind of hell blow on that person's life. You go that's not very nice. Well no it's not nice, but the wind comes to everybody. Oh yeah, death comes, disappointment comes, rejection comes, sometimes financial things. I watched my I watched my wife before she was my wife, I watched her go through some serious rejection from real close people. I watched her go through financial difficulties and problems. I watched her go through all kinds of stuff. And she was constantly up before God, reading her word, seeking God, praying, asking for God's intervention, weeping at the altar, and then breakthrough, 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 every time breakthrough. That's what you want to be yoked with. You don't want to be yoked with somebody who the next wind of difficulty goes, that's it, God, I don't love you anymore and then just pull off. What is that? Oh yeah, yeah. They covered him with that. It's like brain damage. Hallelujah. (laughs) Somebody who's like missionary dating or... personal holiness uh, I've reviewed it a number of times did Y'all, did y'all get it I'll do part two next Wednesday come on stand up on your feet part two next Wednesday come on lift your hands to the Lord come on just worship him right now if you realize that some of the hedges in your life are broken down then you know make a commitment to grow some new ones grow your hedge Father in Jesus name I thank you that we do not have to live in fear for your perfect love cast out all fear and I thank you Lord that that you give principles in the word by which we can learn and grow even examples here in the Old Testament so that we might live for you wholeheartedly with reckless abandonment, obeying your word, passionately loving you and loving your people, and that we would have relationships that are deep, that we would love one another deeply from the heart, as the New Testament says. We would not shrink back from speaking the truth love, We would allow ourselves to be accountable one to another because the devil roars around, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I pray a hedge of protection over this house and over every leader, every family. I cover each and every one with the precious blood. Jesus over every family over every home over our building Lord over our marriages over our property God over all that you've entrusted to us every one of our homes and our cars our automobiles our marriages our children grandchildren as the case may be the blood of Jesus come on, say it with me the blood of Jesus is over us in prayer and intercession and worship And that we would live holy. For without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Put your finger on things inside of us that are displeasing to you. Come on, that's a great prayer. Pray that right now. Say, Lord, put your finger on things inside of me that are displeasing to you. Expose every stronghold expose every lie in Jesus name expose every idol any dark place in my mind in my heart that I might come to the light in Jesus name Ephesians chapter 5 says that which the Spirit makes manifest makes light. Meaning this. When God reveals something on the inside of you that you know you need to get rid of or you know is sin, when you come to Him and you repent and you ask Him to help you, He'll wash that thing away and He'll take away that darkness. So Holiness doesn't mean you just walk perfect and that's just it. It's a process and you just keep coming towards Him and you keep crying out to Him. Come on commit to grow ahead just talk to God closing moment this is my second or third close we're closing here we go come on commit to grow ahead your protection Lord we commit to do that to live in covenant one with another with you with each other and transparency and brokenness Now, yeah I need to say this uh, I took my wife's wrist and I, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said go ahead and tell him how you guys do it listen my wife irritates me sometimes. Oh yeah. And I irritate her, I, you know, we're just passion full bore for God. And that's the way that God wired up. She irritates me sometimes. And when she irritates me, I, I let her know. I'm irritated. You're bothering me right now. Why? Because some people just continue to shove stuff down and live under a a capped bottle. And so then the next time somebody taps at her, you know, you've held it down for months. And so you get tapped and the cork pops and you're just all, ah, ah, and you just lose your mind. You need to like be honest. And she's honest with me. Be honest with each other. Can you say amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> if you're not right with God, we'll give you an opportunity to get right with Him right now. If you're irritated tonight, no, I'm just teasing. You. <laughs> See, you're irritating me, Pastor. <laughs> Honestly, truthfully, if your sin is not covered, you need to get your sin covered tonight. You need to repent tonight. You need to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You need to come with all your heart, all your mind, your soul, and your strength to make a decision to live for God. Don't 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 hesitate. Don't wait for another service. Those of you online, if that's you here in the sanctuary, that's you. You know you need to get right with God. Slip your hand up. First time or recommitment doesn't matter. Anybody in this place, lift your hand. Lift your hand high if that's you. You want to get right with God. Come on, let's just affirm our faith. Just say right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. And thank you for rising from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me and hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, fill and touch your people right now. We will not be ignorant of the devil's schemes. We will be wise as serpents and gentlest doves. And we thank you that the enemy has no hold in us, no foothold, no handhold, cannot trespass, cannot pass. If we're hedged about by you, doing your will, through right relationships, through worship and prayer, through living holy. We thank and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Take someone by the hand. Take someone by the hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word that's gone forth tonight with great power. And, Lord, I just ask tonight that you would bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them, lift your countenance towards them, be gracious to them, keep them, and give them peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. We don't see you the rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday morning continuing in a series called Possessing the Land. Invite somebody. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We love you. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska, and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.